Um, the message I have for today is looking into 2024. And like many of you, if not all of you, we've been asking the Lord, what, what are you saying to us for 2024? I loved what Connie came up and shared about what the Lord had said to her is look up. There's so many applications of that. We need to be looking up. We need to keep our eyes lifted high and not just looking at what's around us. But what the Lord began speaking to me this last week was about the King of Glory. Um, many years ago, the Lord said to me, my covenant name over the state of Georgia is King of Glory. Now, I had never considered that a place God would give a covenant name to. But it was so clear, and I've prayed into this for close to 30 years now. And when I say it to other people, they ignite. It's like it bears witness with them. And so when he started speaking to me about King of Glory, I wasn't totally surprised but I felt very clearly that it was a call for us to focus on our Lord as the King of Glory. Get to know him this year as the King of Glory. What does that mean? Because we know him as Jesus. And we know him as healer, right? We know him as all these names, not as deep as we need to. But I felt the Lord say for this year, I want you to focus on getting to know me as king of glory. And what I heard was, what changes when king of glory is enthroned? And the answer was, absolutely everything. So let's take a look at Psalm 24. I'm going to read the full psalm in two different translations because I want us to really get it on the inside of us. And I encourage us to work on memorizing it. Get it in you this year. Uh, on that front, in about a week, I'll confirm this, but starting next Sunday, we're going to do a 21-day prayer focus of um, a fasting and prayer for the starting the year. I was going to do it today, and the Lord said, don't start yet, do it next week. So just... Put that on your calendar so you're, you're ready. So Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains. The world and those who dwell in it. There's nothing missing, folks. It's all his. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from God, the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek your face, even Jacob. Selah. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle? Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah.
Now listen to it in the passion. Creation's king. Yahweh's claim, Yahweh claims the world as his. Everything and everyone belong to him. He's the one who pushed back oceans to let the dry ground appear, planting firm foundations for the earth. Who comes before the king? Who then is allowed to ascend the mountain of Yahweh? And who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? Those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure, whose hearts are true and sealed by truth, those who never deceive, whose words are sure, they will receive Yahweh's blessing and righteousness given by the Savior God. They will stand before God, for they seek the pleasure of God's face, the God of Jacob. Pause in his presence. So wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you doorways of eternity. Welcome the King of glory, for he is about to come through you. You ask, who is this King of glory? Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. Yahweh, invincible in every way. So wake up, you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide, you eternal doors. Here he comes. The King of glory is ready to come in. You ask, who is this King of glory? He is Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. The mighty one, the invincible commander of heaven's host. He is the King of glory. I think we lift up a shout on that one. This is our God. He's not a little God. He's not a shadow. He's not a lesser than. He's not one of many. He is the king of glory. There is no other one like him. There never has been, never will be, never can be. It is impossible. He is the king of glory. It doesn't matter what a pope says. It doesn't matter what a president says. It doesn't matter what a preacher says. It doesn't matter what a businessman says. It doesn't matter what a politician says. It doesn't matter what a doctor says. It doesn't matter what anybody says. He is the king of glory. We need to get this on the inside. And he's the king of glory on the inside of you if you have opened wide, O living gateway. He's not just out there somewhere. He's in you. So what does it mean for the king of glory to come in? I'm going to take you on some of the journey God took me on this week. And we may stay on this a while. But the Lord said, I want you to look at Ezekiel. Now, y'all know I love the book of Ezekiel. But the Lord just quickly said this to me. He said, Ezekiel saw me as king of glory, the Lord in the fullness of glory by the river Chabar. 
Think about Ezekiel 1 and 2. Think about those beginning chapters. Remember all of the verbiage that's in there? And how magnificent and beyond comprehension. I mean, can you imagine being Ezekiel and seeing what he saw and trying to find words to communicate? I think it's so crazy the way it's written because Ezekiel's like, how in the world do I describe this? How do I describe the majesty, the wonder, the splendor, the magnificence, the beauty, the power, the majesty, and the might of who I am seeing? Not what I'm seeing, but who I'm seeing. But then he saw the king of glory depart from the temple. Now, in between Ezekiel 1 and when you get down to Ezekiel 8, 9 and culminating in Ezekiel 10, God opens Ezekiel's eyes to see the debauchery, the evil, the wickedness, the defilement that had come into not just into Israel, but all the way into the temple. To the point that he says, dig a hole and look on the inside. You think you've seen bad out here? Wait till I show you what's on the inside. Folks, I'm telling you, that's what's happening right now. It's easy for us to see all the evil that's out in the world, all that is defiling the world, all that is out there that is so horrific. But God right now, he is boring out a hole And saying, I want you to look on the inside. You see all of this, but all of this out here would not be if this wasn't on the inside here. If what's going on inside the temple, in all its defilement of what's happening in Ezekiel 8 and 9 and leading into 10, that same mess is going on in our day. And we're seeing it on the news, headlines. I don't rejoice in that. I grieve over it. But we need to understand this is where we are. And it's not that we just got here. Folks, we've been here. We're just getting to see it a little bit more plainly right now. But in Ezekiel 10, Ezekiel watched as the king of glory lifted out of his seat, out of his throne crossed over the threshold and continued until he departed completely. Remember the same thing happened with Eli. Ichabod, the glory has departed. But what I love about Ezekiel is it doesn't leave us there. It walks through All of the things that must have happened and all that had to happen because the king of glory was no longer welcome to be enthroned where it was his rightful place to be enthroned. But then in Ezekiel 43, Ezekiel saw the king of glory return. I believe that even though we are seeing Ezekiel 8 and 9 and we're we're being called to take a look at some things that we really would rather not see. I don't know about you, but I'd just rather not see that stuff. 
I'd rather not hear those evil reports. I'd rather that not be a part of our narrative of our day. But God has to let us see it so that we know that as we pursue him and keep pressing into him as the king of glory, as a holy righteous remnant, we can receive the return of the king of glory. Come on. Is anybody else excited about the return of the king of glory? I don't want to just look at what's bad. I want us to take a look and go, God, if you're allowing us to see this and you want to return and you want to come and be enthroned in our midst, which we know he does. Isn't that the whole reason why he created the world to begin with? Isn't it the whole reason why he sent Jesus? Was to restore what was lost at the beginning and bring it back? And all these years of Jesus having paid the price and been resurrected and now seated in glory in the fullness of who he is with an ecclesia that is supposed to be like him doing his work on the earth, reflecting his glory, full of glory, full of grace, full of everything that he is in us, revealing hope. He wants the fullness. You don't want just a little shadow. So Ezekiel gives me hope. But then take a look at David. He saw the king of glory, didn't he? He saw and enthroned. Listen to what I just said there. He saw and he enthroned the Lord as the king of glory in the tabernacle of David. He created an atmosphere where God said, I sit upon the praises of my people. I am enthroned. Your praises create a big chair for God to sit in. When you're singing praises to God, you're just not making God feel good. You're creating an atmosphere that creates a throne. And he says, I found a people that I can come be enthroned among. And he's not just looking for the right song. He's looking for the right heart. He's looking for the right expression of a heart that says, I see you high and lifted up. I see you as the king of glory. I see you. There is no other one like you. Come and be enthroned in our midst. I see you as king. And to see him as king means he gets to rule. See, a lot of times we like our praise and we like our worship and we like our song service because it makes us feel good. It's not about you feeling good. It's not about you feeling good. It's about creating a throne and welcoming the king to come and rule and reign in your midst. David saw that. He created an atmosphere. And what are we pursuing? We are pursuing the restoration of the tabernacle of David. Why the tabernacle of David? It's not just about us having 24-hour worship and prayer going on. It's about 24-hour creating a place where the king resides as king. 
with a people through whom his decrees can be released out into the atmosphere. And through whom he has a people that will do his bidding, hear his words, and go do what he says without hesitation, without apology, and without delay. Why was it important that the Lord was moving in our midst saying, reach up and touch me and receive the word I have for you? Because embedded in the word is your assignment for the coming season where he is king and you're doing the bidding of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You're doing the bidding of the king of glory. And sometimes his bidding to us is not a great big deal. I'm letting that one settle in on you. Sometimes we think that if God's going to tell us to do something, it has to be this great big huge thing. And sometimes he says, it's simply send a card to somebody. It's do something outside of your norm. It's step out in faith to be obedient to what I'm saying do. It's bow your knee to me as king and go out as my subject, as my ambassador. Represent me wherever you go. On your job, in your home, at the grocery store, down the street. Wherever you go, you're on assignment to represent the king. You don't represent you. We like to represent ourselves. And God's saying, wait a minute, I'm king. I am the king of glory. Go and represent me. David also, as we just read in Psalm 24, he decreed the opening of ancient gates to welcome the king of glory. When you look at it in the Passion, he decreed the opening of your gate. You living gateways. We need to begin to see ourselves as a gateway through whom the king of glory moves. He moves through you. He doesn't just move through me. He doesn't just move through somebody that gets up front. He moves through you because do you know that you're going to see some people that I will never, ever, ever lay my eyes on? Not supposed to. You are. You're the living gateway through whom the king of glory is to come into you and then move out through you. See, gateways are always two-way. He comes in. He moves through. And David foresaw, and this would be in Psalm 2, he foresaw the king of glory enthroned upon the throne for all eternity with his enemies under his footstool. The way he's going to get under his footstool is through you and me. He's not going to do it seated up and high in heaven. He's going to do it enthroned in you moving through you and moving through us corporately as an ecclesia to put the enemy under our feet. David saw that. King of glory, high and lifted up. But there's a, there's a key here. We have to come in as an ecclesia into the presence of the king of glory. We receive him. But Psalm 24 sets out a pattern for us that we need to take very, very seriously. 
you can't just run into the king of glory's presence. Carrying all of your garbage, carrying all your stuff, your attitudes, your hidden sins that you think nobody knows about, God knows. The things that he keeps putting his finger on. You can't just run into his presence carrying that stuff. I love the way David wrote Psalm 24. He who has clean hands. What does clean hands represent? What you do. What do you touch? What's the work of your hands? Is it clean? Is it filled with integrity? Is it righteous? Is it just? Is it true? Does it align with who he is? Is it something that's a counterfeit to him or a substitute? Is it something that you can do without him? See, I don't think we can really do anything of any value without him. Cleaned hands. What are you doing? What about pure heart? Motivation. Of a devotion. What about this one? What you're trusting in. See, we can have a what appears to be a pure heart here. And there can be a hole in our heart because we're trusting in something or someone other than the Lord. We're leaning into something else to bring us comfort. We're leaning into something else to bring us strength. We're leaning into someone or something else to help get us through the day. That indicates an impure heart. It indicates that our heart is divided. And what does James say? A divided heart? We're not to have a divided heart. We're either trusting God or we're not. We're trusting Him with our fears, our hurts, our disappointments, our challenges. We're trusting Him with the things we don't understand. We're trusting Him when we have a precious woman pass away this week that we were believing for her healing. And she wasn't healed in the earth, but she got her ultimate healing. And that can sound so trite. But here's how the Lord dealt with me over that. He said in Deuteronomy 29, 29, he said, The secret things belong to the Lord, but those things that are revealed belong to you and your children forever. There are things about the way God moves that I don't understand. But I keep pressing on. Because what I don't understand today, I'm like, God, can I see a little bit more? Can I understand a little bit more? Because I want, the more I know you, the more I see you, the more I can release you. Because you can't release what you don't know. You can't share what you don't have a revelation of. But clean hands and a pure heart, where, where is your heart? Is it fully aligned with the Lord? Or is it mostly aligned with a caveat? And we all have 
a propensity to have a caveat. But I'll tell you, as king of glory comes closer and closer, our caveats are going to get dealt with. God, what he tolerated in the last season, he was not tolerating in the coming season. See, as the ecclesia, we've got to have clean hands, pure heart, and we've got to live according to truth. Truth transforms. Truth is not the same as facts. Truth is not the same as rules and regulations. Truth liberates. When you come into a revelation of the truth of who God is, the truth of God's word, you don't have to work to do it. It transforms you from the inside out. You don't have to have your checklist of disciplines. Hello, that went boom. Y'all are going, hmm, did she just say that? Yeah, I did. You don't have to have your checkboxes of disciplines. You don't. Because when truth invades, God develops the life in you, not as a discipline, but as a flow. You don't feel guilty if you happen to not read your Bible one day. You miss it. See the difference? There's a huge difference between having to and wanting to. But according to truth, let truth, know that truth is, is the spirit of truth. It's not just written words. I think religion gave us truth as a checkmark box. Do's and don'ts. Anybody else grow up with the do's and don'ts? That's not truth. There are some do's and don'ts embedded in truth, but truth is a person that transforms. And then not swearing deceitfully. When looking at this phrase, is there any wonder that there's a limiting of the manifest presence of the Lord in our nation. Because it's hard to hear the swearing deceitfully that we face every day. In our court system, in every office of government, swearing deceitfully. But what about us? Holy Spirit, drop it. Show us. You know, where are we swearing deceitfully? Where are we promising what we don't intend to do? Where are we saying, God, you've got my all, and yet we're reserving? You see, these are the, these are the requirements that God set forth through David as the requirements for hosting the king of glory. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands, a pure heart, lives according to truth and does not swear deceitfully or speak deceitfully about others. And then in Colossians 1, 24, 27, 24, <laughs> I just went, didn't write it down, that we as the ecclesia are filled with Christ 
the hope of glory. King of glory living, dwelling in us individually and corporately gives hope to the world around us. We need hope. We need the king of glory dwelling in us and through us so that in the midst of what appears to be hopeless situations, we bring hope. As Ecclesia, we need to so behold the Lord in all of his glory as king of glory so that we are changed from glory to glory. The measure of glory we have today at the last day of 2023 is to be but a shadow of the glory we have by the last day of 2024. That every day we move from glory to glory to glory. Every day. Don't buy this thing of life and the faith is up and down like a roller coaster. You keep your eyes fixed on Christ and you keep going, keep beholding him, and you will go from glory to glory to glory. And if you have a hiccup, say, God, okay, I'm looking at you till I find my way out. I refuse to look at the pit around me. I'm going to look up and behold the king of glory. See, when the king of glory is in our midst, we will manifest the character, the nature, and the authority of the king of glory. The way the Lord showed this to me, he says, when I step in and take my seat as king of glory in the midst of you, Everything that is not of me gets revealed. Everything that is not of me gets shaken. Everything that does not align with my character, my nature, and my authority, all of a sudden, you're going to hear it grinding. Because where I sit enthroned, the weight of my presence as king of glory cannot help but shift everything. So get ready. Because this is a personal thing, but it's also a corporate thing for us, and it's also for the nation. Can you imagine? Just dream with me for a minute. A remnant significant enough in this nation that has received king of glory individually... Allow the king of glory to work in us collectively so that together, without regard to division, without schisms and all that mess, we together exalt the king of glory in praise, worship, adoration, celebration, and everything else. Create a throne for the king of glory into the midst of this nation. Just... He sits down in the midst of our nation in all of his glorious splendor and authority and might and power. The ramifications and the ripples of the earthquake. That is the shaking, folks. That is the shaking. 
That's why when King of Glory is seated among his kingdom people, we are of a kingdom that can't be shaken, but everything around us is going to shake. And in the process from where we are today to there, everything in us that's not of his kingdom is going to shake. Don't hold on to what's shaking. Let it go. Let it go. Trust God with it. If he puts his finger on, your so- on something in you and you're going, but I, 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 I. The sooner you let it go, the sooner you get delivered. Quit holding on to it. It is a block from the greater glory. It's keeping you from your destiny. Please, for God's sake, let go of it. I'm telling you, I feel that so strongly. See, when the king of glory is enthroned in the midst of God's kingdom, Ecclesia, Ecclesia people, the culture in which they live will be impacted to reflect and reveal the character, nature, and authority of the king of glory. See, the world can't reflect the character, nature, and authority of the king of glory if we don't. But if we do, it starts impacting everything. Because the restraining force of Holy Spirit in us, revealing the king of glory, puts a restraint on evil. And people suddenly just begin to do what's right. The courts suddenly can't make the evil decision. They can't persist in injustice. They can't persist in evil. They can't persist in deceitful lying. They can't persist in manipulation. But see, as long as the restraining power of Holy Spirit isn't working through the ecclesia, they're going to keep doing their crazy. It's just the way it is, folks. We need to get our eyes off of what they are doing wrong and take a look at us and say, God, clean us up so that we can carry the weight of the character, nature, and authority of Christ to be who you called us to be, to do what you called us to do, and see the manifestation of the answers. See, when we do this, we'll begin to see love, holiness, truth, goodness, righteousness, justice, purity, passion and zeal, honor, peace. Let me define peace. Nothing lacking, missing, broken, or damaged. We will see humility, meekness, strength, not of the flesh but of the spirit manifesting in us and through us and around us. We are to be change agents in the world. King of glory makes us change agents. A couple of days, last couple of days, the Lord began speaking me and I've pieced it together because it was like, no matter what I was doing, I was hearing portions of this. 
And the Lord said, the measure of my glory the church and world today is encountering is just the hem of my garment. Just the fringe of my garment beginning to brush by the crowds of people. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. It's just the hem of his garment. How many times have we thought because of the manifestation of glory that we're receiving or the, the encounters we're having that it's more than the hem of his garment? Because I, I honestly, when he said it's just the hem of my garment, I immediately went, whoa. If it's just the hem of your garment, what will this look like when it's the fullness of who you are? And he said this, the angelic activity increase that you're experiencing consist of my preceding angelic armies who were moving in to prepare and announce my arrival. They are listening for the sounds of my people releasing my word in the earth, activating their movement to fulfill my assignment to prepare the way for my dwelling place where I shall sit as the king of glory. But right now, we just have the hem of his garment. I really want y'all to get this. If we just have the hem of his garment and we're experiencing his presence like we are, what is it going to look like when he comes and sits down among us? We're having encounters with, the, with angels and we're having our children are seeing the angels moving and marching through. This is not the fullness of the angel armies. This is the preceding ones preparing the way. Come on. Then the Lord said, are you ready for more than a brushing by of the hem of my garment? Are the rustling of my preceding angels? I felt the weight of that question. Are you ready for the king to be enthroned? That his presence, his enthroning presence, is manifesting with us all the time? Because see, if the king is sitting in the middle of the room, let's just... Take this and let's draw a picture. If the king is sitting in the middle of the room, there's some things that you do day in and day out you wouldn't do with him sitting in the middle of the room. If he's sitting in your home, there's certain things you're not going to do. It changes things. He's not sitting in our midst because it hasn't changed things yet. We haven't prepared a place. We haven't cleaned out the house enough for him to say, I feel welcome here. 
I feel good here. This feels like home. This place needs to feel like his throne in heaven. That's why Jesus said, pray as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. In city gate as it is in heaven. Atmosphere, behaviors, attitudes, talk, affections, heart. Nothing hidden. All laid bare before him. It was a guy who wrote a book. Oh my gosh, you probably wrote it in the 70s or 80s. About our heart being heaven's throne. And he, in one chapter, I just now I'm thinking about this. I haven't thought of this book in 25 or 30 years. He said, invite him into the closed closets. Invite him into those places that you, you've reserved for your decision making. Let him in. Let him into those hurt places. Let him into those dark places that you don't want to look into. When he comes in, light disperses the darkness. Let the king of glory in. After that question, the Lord said, most are not ready. And some even think that they have entered into more than they already have. It's more than you have known in the past, but compared to what I have purposed, it is but the hem of my garment. Like the woman with the issue of blood, faith reaching out to touch just the hem of my garment unlocks my virtue to flow in power and miracles break out. I want us to think about that a minute. With just the hem of his garment, with faith activating to reach out and touch that, miracles break out. We've seen some. If the hem of the garment is here, the call today is faith rise to reach out and touch. Pull virtue. Right? Isn't that what Jesus said? I felt virtue depart from me. When you reach out and touch the hem of his garment, your faith pulls virtue. Virtue then will cause a hunger to arise in you, an alignment of your life to create a bigger space for the king of glory. So that he's not just coming through with the hem of his garment, he's sitting down residing with us. Amen. Miracles break out with just the hem of his garment connected to faith. The Lord said, but know this, when I fully step into the room, everything changes. And when I set upon the throne in, the, in your midst as the king of glory, nothing will ever be the same again. 
are you ready for the king of glory to come in? Are you ready to make the adjustments? Are you ready to receive a fresh commissioning? Knowing that as you receive what God is wanting to give to you to prepare you, to prepare us to receive the King of Glory in more than just the hem of His garment. I want to see the Lord high and lifted up, enthroned upon the praises of His people, dwelling in the midst of us as King of Glory. Where miracles are an easy thing. <laughs> Personal transformation is done not by striving, but by beholding His glory, and we're changed. One glimpse, just one glimpse, and everything changes. We stop trying to figure it out. And we set our gaze upon the King of glory until everything that is not of Him washes away. Washes away. Everything that's broken, looking at Him, He heals. Everything that's missing, He fills up. What you're holding on to that you don't need, He says, just give it to me, I'll take it. The fear that has you holding on to something, he's saying, let go, trust me. He fills it up quickly. But it's union with the king of glory. It's not here. It's here. So the way I wanted to close today is I'm going to commission you into 2024. To be the living gateways through whom the king of glory comes. Because I know with everything that's in me. God wants to manifest himself. As king of glory. In, among, and through us. And it's a new year. To be commissioned into this season to, to work with King of Glory, to, to receive Him, to allow Him to do what He has to do on the inside of us. will position and posture us so that He can do through us all that He desires to do. And there's a lot. Our nation needs ecclesia hubs like this all over this nation, moving by the King of Glory. Not by what we think. Not by what we can figure out. But by the King of Glory. So I'm going to come down and we'll grab, I think we've got oil somewhere up here. And I just want you to come through. Next week we're going to commission Trey um, as the new... Uh, CEO, actually, of CityGate Studios. 
His wife will be here next week, and uh, we will do that. I felt the Lord say very strongly for, for him and for us to walk into what's coming with the studios. He needs to be commissioned from the kingdom to do it. He can do it in the natural. But this isn't about doing it in the natural. This is about moving according to the king of glory to make an impact in an industry that is ripe. I'm telling you, I'm seeing such a harvest way beyond, way beyond what we've imagined. A harvest that can transform a community, transform a city, and become a voice to transform a nation. Because what is recorded, what is produced, what is sent out, carries the sound of either glory or not. Because, you know, in the kingdom and in the spirit realm, there is no gray here. It's either glory or it's not. And we have an opportunity to impact those that are in the not to bring them into the glory. And God set it up. God set it up. If I'd ever known what we were stepping into, honest, I probably would have said no. I'm really serious. But see, you hear God and you move with him even when you don't understand. Because it's king of glory being enthroned. It's not my thinking. It's not Trey's thinking. It's what the king of glory wants.